Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Bach. Today's August 31, 2022, and I'm going to do some coronavirus conversing for our coronavirus conversation, uh, our millionth episode uh, to date. Um, I have a, a short time frame, and that's probably a good thing, so you get to hear me speak less, uh, probably. I'm going to uh, just kind of graze over some things I've been looking at. Um, I have a, a two pieces uh, uh, coming out shortly. Uh, I believe at, at brownstone.org. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for those. Um, it's a great site anyway. I recommend, recommend you look at it. Uh, they've been um, tried and true all along. Uh, they have excellent people writing and they present a skeptical uh, viewpoint of a lot of things that have happened uh, for COVID um, in terms of the overreaction and the uh, political shenanigans and political opportunities taken and kind of the overall disdain uh, for the populace. Uh, I'm gonna try to get into some of that um, I think the major thrust of the article that I'm going to be publishing soon is that um, if you saw last week's show, you can hear this, but I'll tell you again anyway, that Omicron uh, 20, 22B, Omicron BA.5, I think it's called, or we call it Omicron. I think it's the third version of Omicron is not physically related uh, to the COVID-19 lineage. Uh, the earlier uh, strains, second wave, the alpha, beta, uh, uh, gamma, delta, kappa, so forth, Prominent ones were the beta and the, and the delta, I believe, or the yeah, alpha, beta, and delta, um, were physically related. They were uh, descendants genomically of uh, COVID-19, uh, SARS-CoV-2, uh, but Omicron is not, and it should not be taken as such. Uh, this is really uh, in accord with uh, the occurrence of the coronavirus common cold, which we don't hear about much anymore. Um, but it's the sick, you know, if you go to any textbook from 2017, 2018, uh, or before, uh, and look up coronavirus and they still have, you know, certain textbooks and papers. So those are good because they don't get updated and, and kind of bowdlerized and, uh, shenanigan. Um, you'll find, uh, it says specifically coronavirus is, uh, the respiratory virus associated with common cold. It's the second leading cause by type for the common cold, um, with, uh, um, a few other uh, types here and there. I think it's adenovirus and rhinovirus and so forth. But uh, without getting into specifics, that's what coronavirus has always been. And probably they migrated from the wild coronaviruses uh, that affect other animals, um, such as the um, SARS 2003 version did. Uh, so this is nothing to be concerned about. Uh, there should not be a vaccine for this. Um, uh, Pfizer is coming out with one. And I think the real uh, linchpin for all this is the emergency use authorization. So if you want to get political about this and do something, uh, you should try to write your congressman uh, about discontinuing the emergency use authorization. There is no longer an emergency regarding coronavirus. If in fact, you know, we are just testing uh, because we test and we have a test that overlaps with the common cold coronaviruses, such as Omicron is, and the, uh, you know, SARS-CoV-2 type, such as ancestral 2020 version and the 2021 uh, second wave strains. Um, so, you know, if we had not had COVID-19 as an epidemic, we would not have the coronavirus testing right now. We would not be even thinking about Omicron as anything. We wouldn't even have a, a Greek letter for it. We wouldn't call it anything but a common cold. Uh, historically, we've never subtyped or tested or quarantined or worn masks for the common cold. That's what Omicron is. Omicron is a common cold. Common colds have always been coronaviruses in part, and that's what that is. Uh, it's not a, a SARS-CoV-2. It's not related. It's not the severe thing. 
uh, all the stuff about long COVID and all that kind of stuff, you can kind of drop that insofar as the common cold has ever caused long-term symptoms, uh, so can this one. That is to say, if you are uh, physically impaired, uh, you're on your last um, mile, um, you know, rest in peace, Mikhail Gorbachev. But, you know, if he had gotten an Omicron, say, two weeks ago, and he's, you know, 91 years old, uh, that could easily tip him over. So I'm not trying to minimize this for people who are uh, sick or immunocompromised or whatever. Uh, you should always have cautions, but those uh, do not pertain to, you know, 98, 99% of the population, especially uh, those who are active and running around. I was in Trader Joe's, uh, which was probably over the weekend, and uh, I don't usually go, um, but, you know, my wife was going, so I went in, and it's for me, it's not just shopping, but sociology. Um, I had been at a, a Catholic mass, and I'm not Catholic, but uh, my mother-in-law passed in April. And, uh, you know, such as uh, COVID has made things kind of like um, asynchronous with the events. So we don't necessarily do funerals right away uh, as much, but we had an event in Canada um, uh, for her, uh, kind of a memorial event. We had one at a uh, parish um, in a working class area, uh, I guess, um, northwest of, of Portland, Maine. And, and you know, to their credit, uh, I mean, the, the, the population, the at the um, church, uh, there were a few hundred people there. Uh, it, like at most religious congregations, uh, it skews elderly. And I would say the median age was about 70. And I swear to God uh, that there were maybe only two people in the whole place out of, you know, maybe 200 people uh, that were wearing masks. And they were not the, old, you know, the oldest. And they're welcome to wear one. Um, but I think everyone had, had you know, kind of had the sanity beat back into them. Uh, this is nothing to be concerned about. They all left, and I'm sure they're not having any outbreak. You can check Portland, Maine. Uh, I don't think anything's happening. Um, but there are still people fearful. I go to a congregation, and, and um, I'm an officer, and, you know, I get uh, kind of involved in, in certain discussions. They've been heated over the years. I've been uh, the no-mask variety. Uh, people are still, you know, su super cautious. We have... Um, a member who is um, Master of Public Health and uh, works in con uh, con concert with the Massachusetts Department of Public Health. And uh, he's, you know, super gung-ho on, on super masking and super exclusion and so forth. And it, it you know, obviously represents an absurdity because I, I mentioned on previous episode, I had been at a separate funeral at a Methodist church um, a few weeks ago. And in the sanctuary, everyone's all masked up. Uh, at the, the dining function hall, um, more crowded, people are facing each other, and everyone's unmasked because they have to eat their sandwiches, croissants, and muffins. Um, you know, it makes no sense. Uh, how do we know it makes no sense? Because almost we're, we're told this. Uh, the, the, you know, I guess the, it came out of one of the Florida um, uh, school shootings. David Hogg uh, re received provenance, uh, and he's such a big hog, it's actually two Gs uh, for his name, and he made it to Harvard and so forth, and he's been a darling of the left, and he admitted, I think, in the last year, he said, I think wearing a mask is a small price to pay because it shows I, you know, my politics. I wouldn't want to be not wearing one and be, you know, thought of as as not a, a leftist, not a Democrat. Uh, he probably said that a little bit differently, but basically, you know, masks have been political all along. They are still a social signifier. So getting back to Trader Joe's, um, you know, as compared to, to the as compared to the Catholic mass of 200 people. Um, and, um, you know, there were, it was probably no, it was, 
probably more sparsely distributed because people are sitting, you know, side by side in the pews at the church and the Trader Joe's, they have a big store and people are kind of milling around. They're not really next to each other. Um, but there were a fair number of, uh, you know, kind of uh, let it grow out um, uh, hair wise. Uh, Cambridge types, we'll call them. Uh, so, sort of, you know, Ann Arbor, Cambridge, um, Berkeley, um, you know, bumper stickered cars, uh, and so forth. People, and I'm sorry to generalize, I apologize how that sounds, uh, but that is actually literally the case in certain of these. Uh, they are, you know, in their 30s and 40s, and they're strapping on the over the head N95s, not just around the ears. It's going to be full and it's going to be completely, um, I don't know, occlusive. Uh, you know, not cognizant for their faces, uh, a little bit, you know, antisocial, asocial, and milling about the store and so forth. Um, silly. Some of some, you know, it, there was no rule at Trader Joe's. Some of the um, uh, clerks had them. Uh, some of them didn't. Uh, there was no real age distribution, obvious. Uh, a lot of young people had masks. There were some four-year-olds with masks for, for their parents, and there were some 80-year-olds without. Um, there you have it. I, I don't know what to say about that, um, but it's, it's become a silliness. And right now, this is a common cold. So uh, when my article comes out, I hope you uh, share it. Um, I'll try to give you a heads up. But you can pass the word around uh, to look at last week's video. Uh, if you want a sneak peek at the article, I'm happy to do that as well. Um, but basically, the, the you know the Omicron is, is at least an order of magnitude or more, less lethal, less deadly than uh, SARS-CoV-2. And um, and there you have it. And mind you, the, the, the variant, second wave variants were less lethal as well. Uh, but they were both, you know, they were all more lethal than the Omicron, which is the mildest all along. The fact that Omicron is even a thing that we talk about is an absurdity. I think if the last presidential election had gone differently, uh, this would have been long past. I think the fact that it remains um, is is political. Uh, it is, you know, coronavirus election season um, coming up. And I think getting back to my main point about the emergency use authorization, it remains in place, I think, for a couple of reasons. Uh, it's not that coronavirus is, is a danger. It's it's back to being the common cold coronavirus, but yet we still have the emergency use authorization. Um, this keeps as an umbrella in a way of you know clearing inventory for the uh, Moderna slash Pfizer um, and to a certain extent J&J &J, uh, vaccines that are out and about. Uh, they no longer have any real place uh, in the armamentarium against the common cold, Omicron, uh, nor should they. And insofar as they ever did have a use, it was early on, and, and as the viruses mutated away uh, and transformed their own appearances from the spike protein of the ancestral 2019-2020 uh, version, uh, they had less and less use. So all we ever hear about boosters is, 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 a, is really a mis misnomer. There's no such thing as a booster when you're having a vaccine that's three years out of date. Um, there are no breakthrough cases because people are not breaking through uh, their previous COVID-19 vaccine when they're getting an unrelated coronavirus. Um, common cold coronavirus. Um, but the emergency use, use authorization maintains itself and, and, and pertains uh, politically because uh, it, it allows the government and Pfizer and so forth, and you know Pfizer and Moderna are going to make money, but you can rest assured that a lot of it's going to filter back uh, to politicians who favor them, and there's a lot of money. Um, so that they're able to kind of, uh, kind of, we'll say sell uh, it's kind of a weird way of selling. They're almost enforced sales that people were mandated in certain professions and so forth. And even to get the, the, the pr proposed modified Omicron slash COVID-19 vaccine, uh, you're, there's a 
there's some statutes proposed that you kind of have to get up to date and have had four previous COVID-19 shots, um, say three of them uh, unnecessary, um, and certainly unnecessary after after it's all gone. And that that's going to be mixed in. So that's going to be a, a preliminary. You're going to have to get up to date with your previous COVID-19s before you can get the Omicron one slash COVID-19. And the COVID-19 part of it is immaterial, irrelevant, antiquated, useless, and potentially dangerous. And the Omicron is pointless because Omicron is a common cold. Um, but as long as this EUA gets carried on, it's a little like a game of tag. And now the tag is on Omicron as, as some kind of you know death agent. Um, and I think a lot of the, the um, numbers have been exaggerated with Omicron because, you know, there are, uh, you know, there's no, I don't think there's any great overall increase in mortality versus baseline from prior years from 2018 currently. So people die. You know, that is a fact of life, unfortunately. Uh, we None of us want to think about it. It happens to everybody. And, um, uh, but insofar as people are dying, you know, with Omicron diagnosis, I don't think that's necessarily pertinent. Uh, the, the death numbers are way down in Europe compared to here. Uh, why are they higher here? I think there are and have been incentives um, all along for COVID-19 diagnosis for the hospitals to get more money. Uh, people have had and, and been mistreated um, uh, by those incentives because people are have been funneled into ventilators and so forth early on when that was not necessarily the right treatment. But the hospital would get $13,000 extra to be put on, a, you know, have somebody put on a ventilator. And, uh, you know, maybe CPAP would have been enough you know, kind of standard uh, sleep apnea, um, mask, mild, gentle, without intubation. Um, but but there you have it. I, I think, you know, one, one of my uh, cohort um, in a group I'm in, um, uh, pandata.org, you know, uh, mentioned that uh, disease of unknown origin seems to be on the rise. And uh, there's an open question about that, whether it's vaccine related. Um, so, you know, there have been, you know, a lot of mysteries um, regarding vaccination. I don't think there would have been to the same extent if it had been left um, to a people's own devices for the people to decide on their own whether they feel at risk uh, for such an issue or they want to volunteer themselves. But the mandates were always absurd. Uh, having children vaccinated at all for coronavirus, um, COVID-19 even, uh, was, was idiotic because they really have never been at any risk. And healthy children across the board have had, I think, a total of, of zero uh, cases of, um, of mortality in the United States for the duration. Um, anyway, so let's see if I can get to some of the things I've been looking at. Uh, I apologize again. I'm going to breeze along. Maybe I spent too much time talking, um, but um, uh, I'm going to just kind of go show you, I guess, in brief, a few things that I've been looking at lately. Uh, I, I'm not sure we can pronounce this. Uh, Eugippius, um, he's, he's a um, has Substack and ugipius.com, I think it's well worth reading him, a very good data analysis, and he's got uh, uh, things coming out on a regular basis. So um, here's his name if you want to see it uh, a little more clearly. Um, but he, this is an article I was looking at, um, the earliest days of the Italian pandemic, or why nobody wants to um, look at the early data. This is before lockdowns. And basic point of this, you can kind of see in the graph, these are the various uh, provinces or cities, I think maybe this is Bergamo, um, Milan, uh, Padova. I'm just guessing at some of these, but um, but uh, uh, yeah, the different regions of Lombardy. So that's all Milan area. Um, so that's this is probably Bergamo. That's probably Milan. Anyway, in all cases, uh, the numbers and Bergamo was hit early on. Most the numbers were already going down before lockdowns were put in place. So um, this is 
uh, a very interesting point. And again, the dates are down here. So before anybody ever thought of lockdowns, the uh, R factor of transmission, which is kind of the holy grail for epidemiologists, was already decreasing. Why is that? Well, because A, immunity is occurring, and B, people are not insensate um, beings. They're not, uh, I don't know, beads or uh, a necklace or something like that. They uh, move around themselves. So they, they make their own measures, and they take on their own decisions, and they stay away from people who have sniffles and so forth. Um, this is the reason, basically, that Ebola has never uh, kind of taken off, although the epidemiologists predict it because people react to somebody who's ill. So Ebola uh, causes such illness that people stay away. Uh, early COVID, uh, this is probably happening as well. Uh, so I'm not going to get too far into the weeds with this, but I do recommend his site in general. Uh, I think it's useful, and you take a look at it. Um, I like the spectator, um, and uh, th these are just kind of look, you know, look backs. Uh, what we were always hearing about, um, you know, the hospital is going to be overrun. So the NHS is English. Uh, that's the socialized medicine. And I don't think they're run as well as we are here privately. But even so, was the NHS overrun by COVID during lockdown? Um, and uh, long story short is no. Uh, it was never deluged um, by their own measures and so forth. Um, so a lot of the things that we, you know, kind of had continued lockdowns and, and draconian over and over again, um, these were probably uh, uh, over, overkill. Um, uh, what else? Um, this is an interesting page here, the ethical skeptic, uh, China's, uh, CCP, um, concealed SARS-CoV-2 presence in China as far back as March, 2018. Um, I have not had, this is posted last year. I have not had much chance to look over this, uh, data. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily shocking or surprising. Um, they did have SARS-CoV-1. Uh, it's kind of like World War I. Uh, it was called the Great War at the time. Nobody called SARS-CoV-1 that. It was just called SARS. And it's only after the second one came around that we call the other one SARS-CoV-1. Um, but it's not impossible that there were leaks from the laboratory. I don't think it was run that well. Um, I think there were outbreaks in, in 2019. Uh, but this is an article that is interesting uh, because I don't think our uh, Chinese brethren uh, politically there, uh, were, uh, completely forthright with us. Um, what else this is, again, I'm kind of skipping along. Uh, this is kind of a sad one here. Um, um, this is by Dr. Paul Alexander. Interesting guy. Um, sedatives were prescribed at a hundred percent higher rate during early COVID. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, care homes have been accused of using peril sedatives to make coronavirus victims die more quickly. Uh, this is just not, I don't think this overall has been our finest hour. Um, this is kind of a corroboration article here. This is August 28th. Do not resuscitate orders. Um, hospitals decide um, our, um, you know, our parents and grandparents' lives without informing us. Um, it's interesting, you know, just for the full disclosure, Dr. Paul Alexander um, the way he gets categorized, if you Google him, um, he's a, a researcher and uh, epidemiologist, um, and I, 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 I guess he's a psychiatrist as well. Maybe that's a different guy. I can't tell. Um, but at any rate, HHS science advisor, uh, Paul Alexander, called for millions of, of Americans to be infected uh, as a means of fighting COVID-19. So Politico takes that up, and that's an interesting point. Um, I'm sure he's being somewhat misquoted. Um, I 
I just want to point out, I mean, I, historically, I, I, I haven't had a chance fully to look at this article, um, but here, this is what he actually says. So it's not all Americans. It's infants, kids, teens, young people, young adults, middle-aged with no conditions, have zero to little risk. So we use them to develop herd immunity. We want them infected. Um, I don't think that's controversial. I, I think it's controversial the way uh, people have acted. Uh, it may be that it will be best if we open up and flood the zone, let the kids and young folk get infected in order to get natural immunity, natural exposure, wrote in July to the FDA. Uh, they acted probably like invasion of the body snatchers and screamed and yelled at him. Um, I think this is very reasonable. Uh, there was enough data from the Diamond Princess and, and the months thereafter uh, to uh, determine that children were at zero risk and healthy people as well. And for them, it was on the equivalent of, you know, probably uh, less than influenza with a vaccine. Um, so you get somewhat sick, but not horribly so. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to have really time to go into many more of these, um, but, you know, there are, uh, I think, you know, just as far as recommendations, I, I like Steve Kirsch's Substack. He's a computer guy, but he's taken an interest in this uh, and he's helped support um, some good data analyses. Uh, you can read his article and, and judge and decide. I'm not going to, I have not read it in full. Um, I don't think the uh, vaccine has been vastly deadly, but I think it has been, you know, any deaths that occur from it uh, after the acute phase of, of ancestral COVID-19 are pointless because um, they should not have been given. You know, the vaccine, again, getting back to the emergency use authorization, if we take that away, or if we call the emergency, let's say we didn't know enough in 2020, and we did lockdowns, they were wrong, they were overkill. We did masks, they were probably pointless and so forth. We tried to, you know, keep the hospitals, um, you know, underused and so forth, probably pointless. And we did a lot of things that were pointless, overkill, and now we're paying for it with inflation and kind of a deteriorating society, all that kind of stuff. Fine. Uh, was there any point to continue the emergency part of that the subsequent year? No. Uh, is there any point to continue it now? No. Uh, any insofar as, as it's being as it's happening that way, it's using being used as a political vehicle and a pharmaceutical vehicle. Um, I am uh, probably going to call it a day as far as this goes. Um, anyway, if you have any thoughts and comments on that, uh, please let me know. Uh, share this at will. Uh, I'd love to talk with you. Um, agreement, disagreement, however you like. Um, I do uh, I have my Zika book out. I have a copy of it over there. Uh, too far away to show you, but it's Overturning Zika. It's available on Amazon. I have a, uh, um, I'm put, doing a Portuguese Brazilian rollout as we speak. Uh, if you know people uh, who would be interested in hearing about this, uh, let me know. Uh, the last great pandemic uh, probably never should have been either. Um, and uh, uh, although, again, they're very different. I, I don't, I, you know, Zika microcephalus for a mosquito. Um, and I think there was a lot of misinformation early on. Um, coronavirus is a, is a real thing. COVID-19 is a, is a real virus. It does cause real problems for certain people, but again, skewed elderly and so forth. The entire population should not have been uh, kind of victimized by some of the overkill, uh, almost literally in this case. Uh, so we ha will have a lot of societal um, uh, kind of blowback. Um, and, and you just have to be smart about this and, and figure things out and, and just try to remember who told you the truth and who didn't. Uh, I'm going to call it a day. Thanks so much for joining us, um, Dr. Randy Bach. And again, the book is Overturning Zika. You can find it on Amazon. And uh, any questions or interest in that or uh, know people who'd want to interview me on that topic, I'd be happy to uh, talk with them as well. So have a great evening. Thanks.